Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. At the beginning of the year, God gave me two words for 2012. The first one was increase. And we spoke a series of messages on increase. Everyone say increase. Increase. The second word that God had planted in my heart at the beginning of the year was awakening. I believe that God not only wants to bring increase into your life, but I believe that God wants to bring an awakening into your life as well. There's a difference between an awakening and a revival. And a a revival deals with a local church. It it, it gets people fired up. It gets them excited. God moves in that church. Whereas an awakening will change a city. A revival changes a church. An awakening changes a city. A revival will get people happy. An awakening will change people. A revival will get people shouting. While an awakening will get people changing. A revival will get people going to church and get there early. Well, an awakening will get you to work early. You totally missed that. You see, because many of us live our lives in compartments. My church life and my secular life. My church walk and my business, my work. This is what I do on weekends, Sunday. This is what I do Monday through Saturday. That's why we could justify partying all week and then coming to church. Because as long as I come to church, what you need is a revival, but we're afraid of an awakening. See, an awakening will do something. It'll transform not just you, but it'll transform your neighborhood. An awakening gets a hold, and America has had four great awakenings. Now, I'm not going to go into a history lesson, but the very first awakening that America had back in the 1700s, when that awakening came and the Spirit of God moved, bars were closed, they were shut down, whorehouses were shut down as well. And you found that as a result of the move of God that happened in the Great Awakening, all of a sudden America decided we no longer want to be under bondage under England anymore and we want to be set free. And the Declaration of Independence was written. You see, when an awakening hits the church house, it'll hit the White House. A revival will change the church house, but we're lucky if it affects my house. Totally different principles. An awakening is something that will transform. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking, actually till the end of the year, we're going to be talking about great awakenings. We're going to talk about the awakening that God wants to bring. It's about time that we recognize that our church life, what God wants to do in our life, is not limited to the four walls of the church. And it's time for CWC to grow up. Twelve years we've been setting up and breaking down. 12 years. God called us to the east side of San Jose. But listen, we will never accomplish what God's called us to do until some things change. Now, before I get into this, I shared it in the first service, 
Reverend Cat can agree. This morning, okay, I have two messages here. Never did this in my life. But I can preach the one that I believe that God's given to us for this morning to get some things right. Or I can preach a real nice one for you about storms and getting through your life storms. Which one would you like this morning? The, the first one might step on your toes a little bit, so don't, 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 don't choose the first one too soon. So, we're going to do let's make a deal this morning. I have never done this, never. In my, in my 25 years of ministry, I've never let the congregation choose the message. But I want you to be ready. Do you want the first one, or do you want the happy one? You sure? I don't want any complaining after this is over. I don't want any of uh, y'all walking out and saying, man, I, I, why didn't they give me one? I don't feel good. I'm walking out there. Feel... You know what? Cowboy up. Because you got, you got to get ready for In a moment, we're about, we're about to go somewhere here. And so I need you to understand something. Because if we're going to get to where I believe God's taken us, we don't need another sermon. We've had enough church services. We don't need another church service, another sermon, another song. What we need is an awakening. What we need is a move of God that changes who we are on the inside and it shows on the outside. I need you to understand something this morning. That the increase in awakening that God wants to bring has to take us from being spectators to participators. Say it again, Pastor. We have to go from being spectators to participators. How long have many of you come here and yet you have never gotten involved in any ministry at CWC? Wyatt up in here. I might change. I might go ahead and change this morning. I'm going to keep this one right here just in case things go south. Okay? But I want you to understand, we have to go from being consumers to contributors. You see, we, we choose churches like we choose restaurants. Do you serve what I like? Do I like the ambiance? How is the music that they play there? I didn't like worship today. Worship just didn't touch me. Worship didn't move me. I didn't... I didn't feel anything when I worshiped. I got news for you, honey. We don't do the songs for you. Now, let me say that. We don't do the worship songs for you. It's called worship. It's for God. So the moment that you live a sinless life, die on a cross for our sins, raise again three days later, go to the right hand of the Father, then maybe we'll think about writing some songs about you. But when we worship, worship is about giving the worth to God. It's about acknowledging who God is. Worship is not about you, it's about Him. How dare us judge worship when we leave a place? Now listen, I'm not not going to be so you know, out there to think that, you know, we enjoy some music more than others. Listen, I'm more into R&B. Earth, Wind, and Fire, Confunction, you know, I'm, I'm, 
That, that's just who the Commodores, that's what I was raised with. And so the kind of songs that we play here, I'm not always down with it. I want a little, I, I want a little funk. Yeah, that's a few people understand. A couple people know what I'm talking about. But you know what? The, the next generation loves this stuff. And it's not about me. It's about I need to make sure this church doesn't grow old. Are, are you hearing me? I need to make sure that this church is ready for Isaiah's generation. I need to make sure that it's ready for my daughter's generation. And it can't be according to what I like, because otherwise, in a couple years, we're going to be obsolete. And the church can't be that way. we got to move from being renters to owners. You see, how many of you know that when you rent someplace, you're not worried about if something breaks down? You call the landlord to take care of it. Hey, but when you own something, you take care of that sucker a whole lot more. You're being careful of the holes in the walls. If something breaks down, there's no one else but you to take care of it. It's time that we start taking ownership of CWC. It is not my church. It's ours. And I believe that next year is the year that we begin to start looking. We find the property for Christian Worship Center to stake its claim and find our home. How many believe that? How many believe it's time to start taking territory? How many believe it's time to start taking territory? How many are ready to stop setting up and breaking down every Sunday? All three that help on set up and break down every Sunday. Those of you that didn't say a thing don't have a clue. You're like, what? They've set up here? We just. But that's not going to happen until we begin to get to the point of something called generosity. Now, y'all know where I'm going with this. Something called generosity. And see, I want you to take a look at John chapter 3, verse 16. If you stand with me as we read in John 3, 16. Tell your neighbor, get ready. Slap your other neighbor, tell him, get, get awake. Wake up. John chapter 3, starting with verse 16. If you're there, say amen. If you're not, say oh man. If you didn't bring your Bible, say amen. That's why we print it up there for you. This is how much God loved the world. Everyone say loved. loved. How many of you know that God loves you? Yes. How many of you know that God loves you when you're good? Yes. And he loves you when you're bad. Yes. He doesn't tolerate you when you're bad. He loves you. There's times I tolerate my kids. But I always love them. And so know this, God loves you. He loves you. For God, this is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why, so that no one needed to be destroyed. See that by giving, in other words, giving can save lives. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. Again, this is how much God loved the world that he, everyone say gave. What did he give? His no, his one. 
and only son. High price, value. Pray with me now. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Now, you know where I'm going with with this. You've heard the old saying that you could love, you could give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. And this morning, if we are going to become and take that next step to awakening and to getting to where God wants this body, we have to step into something called generosity. We have to experience what generosity is all about. We have to get to the point where, not, where we are not just scraping to get by, but that we start recognizing the needs of others. Somebody say amen. amen. You see, we get to the point that we're so concerned about getting mine and getting my peace that we miss out on the general needs around us. And I need you to understand that the reason the enemy tries to keep many of us, many of us in financial distress is because he understands this, is that if I can keep you worried about your own problems, I can keep you from changing the world. If I can keep you focused in on the struggles that you're going through, I can keep you from recognizing the other struggles that are going on. How many of you have ever done this? As you're driving down the road, you're in the car, and someone's holding a sign that says, uh, help, I need money, vet, or whatever, or why lie, I need beer. They just got all these signs and things like that as you're driving down. And you see these people, and a thought comes to your mind, and you're like, hey, I need to. Give to you, but I got my own needs. Get a job. I got problems. I got my own situation. And yet, I need you to understand something. That when we talk about giving, I lost about half of you right when we talked about generosity and we started thinking about giving. Because you have such a poverty mentality that you don't think you have the ability to give. And so you've already shut down. I'm going to challenge you this morning. Remember, you chose this. Open your mind, open your heart, get ready. But this morning, I'm going to come from a different avenue. I'm not going to talk to you this morning about giving. How many of you have come to church and we've talked about tithing, giving your 10% and you feel guilty that when you can't give 10%, don't raise your hands. I know who you are, but don't raise your hands. (laughs) We've We've talked about giving as an Old Testament covenant. That it was an Old Testament, it's a covenant that God established. This morning, I'm not going to talk to you about it being a covenant. I'm not going to talk to you about it being religious legalism. That it's according to our religion that you have to give. But do you know that within the Mormon community, that you join a Mormon church, they actually send you a bill for your tithing? I think we're about to become Christian Mormon Center of San Jose. (laughs) And the third thing in the area of giving is sometimes it's preached under the law, under the law of Moses, under the, under the, uh, the covenant and so forth. This morning, I'm not going to talk to you about tithing. I'm not going to talk to you about giving in the aspect of the Old Testament law. I'm not going to talk to you about it being a religious legalism. This morning, I'm going to talk to you about giving and generosity in a totally different realm if you're ready for it. Are you man or woman enough to hear this this morning? Are you ready to be taken to another level? Are you ready to have your heart stirred this morning? You see, last service, we, we, I shared this, this message. They picked the right one too, okay? I gave them, they, they chose this one as well. But I want you to recognize something. We saw seven people accept the Lord on a giving message this morning. 
Seven people give their lives to Christ on a giving message this morning. So I want you to get yourself ready. I need you to remove the hardness of your heart. Some of y'all, you know, you're saved, but your wallet's not. You know, uh, it's just, I, I, need you to, I need you to step into generosity this morning. I want you to prepare yourself. I want you to get ready. Are you ready? Genesis chapter 4. Let's get into this. Genesis chapter 4, starting with verse 3. As you're turning there, it's a story of Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel are the first sons of Adam and Eve. And so Cain and Abel here, we don't know how long. We don't know how many years have passed. We don't know what's taking place. But Adam and Eve, I need you to understand that you and I were not created for worship. How many have heard that you were created for worship? You know that I don't believe that. We weren't created for worship. If you go back to the New to Old Testament and you see in the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve walked with, Jesus, with God in the garden. No time do we see Adam and Eve worshiping God in the garden. They walk with them. You and I were created for fellowship with God, not to worship him. Are you following me? We were created for fellowship with God. God wanted our company. Not our worship, our company. He wanted us to share with him. But worship, you may not have been created for worship, but you were created to worship. So if God would have created you and I for worship when we worshiped him, it was already wired into us. And so there's, it doesn't mean anything. That's what you were created for. If a hammer hammers a nail into the wall, you're not looking at it and say, wow, that was amazing. You are the best hammer in the whole world. You are just great. That's what it was created for. So when it does something that you're not created for and you do it anyhow, come on, somebody. All of a sudden, God's like, wait a minute, I didn't create you for worship, but you are worshiping. All of a sudden, God receives that praise and that glory, and it takes us and him to new levels. And so I want you to notice this as we, the Bible says, as time passed, how much time passed, we don't know, but these guys already are adults. They might even have families already. They might already have, have kids. They might have, have their, own, their own thing going on. But somewhere along the way, something happened to where giving became part of the fellowship with God. Now, follow me on this, okay? Time passed, Cain brought an, brought an offering to God from the produce of his farm. Anyone see anything wrong with that? No? Are we good? Can I go on? Okay, Abel also brought an offering from the firstborn, firstborn animals of his herd, choice cuts of meat. Anything wrong with that? Everything cool with that? You guys aren't even moving your heads, some of you. You're afraid to answer. How many say everything? We're cool right now. I can keep reading. We're good? Okay, let's go on. Now check this out. God liked Abel... And his offering. Isn't that cool? God liked Abel, then his offering. But Cain and his offering didn't get God's approval. Cain lost his temper and went into a sulk. First thing I want you to notice this morning, we're going to be fast. We're going to be quick as we go through these points. Number one, I want you to notice this, that there has always been a practice of giving unto God. 
This morning as we talk, we want you to recognize there has always been an acceptable practice of man giving unto God as an act of worship. And so giving to God was not only, not only expected, but God approved whatever was given. And so when you came, you gave something to God. God expected it and he approved it. And giving was an expression of worship. I don't know when it happened. I don't know when it was instituted. But we see Adam and Cain bringing their offering to God. And God was waiting for them to bring it. It was expected. There was a certain time to bring it. And I need you to understand that God expects us as an act of worship. That when we give, you are not dropping money into a bucket. You're not supporting a ministry. But what you drop into that bucket, you are literally saying this. God, you are worthy of praise. You are the source of everything that I have and I acknowledge that you are my source today so when you give you're recognizing and you're coming in and you're giving God his worth the Bible says that as time passed that they both brought an offering to God God expects us to give it's part of love if you love him you're going to give you see I want you to notice what happens you see Adam and Eve walking with God in the garden And as they're walking, I don't know when it happened, but they're fellowshipping, and this fellowship's great. They're loving it. They're having a great time together. And notice, this isn't a sin offering. They're not offering a sin offering. They're not offering a sacrifice for the sin of Adam, or they're not offering a sin thing. They're they're, they're, They're fellowshipping. And as they're fellowshipping, somewhere along the way, Adam's like, man, I just want to do something for God. I just love God so much. And Eve's like, well, let's bake him a cake or something. Well, let, let's, let's do this. And they're, they're talking. I'm just sharing with you what I think. They're, they're, they're communicating with one another. Let's just do something for God. And so they come and they bring something to God. I don't know what the first thing is. The Bible doesn't say it. But we know that as time passed, somewhere from the time that they were created to the time Cain and Abel are there, there's already an acceptable practice of bringing something to God. And that God expected them to bring something. And that God just didn't see what they brought, but he looked at the person that was bringing it, and then he looked at the gift. So although we were not created for worship, we were created to worship. The second thing I want you to recognize is this, is that God accepts us first, then the gift. Look at the word. It says God liked Abel and his offering. God liked Abel and his offering. God approved Abel and then he approved of his gift. See, I need you to understand this morning. God's always wanted you first. Let's get money out of the equation right now. God's always wanted you first. God wants you. More than he has your wallet, he wants you. He wants you more than anything. He wants you over all things. He desires you over every circumstance. God wants you. God desires you. And we get focused in on the money and God's saying, listen, if you would just give me your heart, then I'll have your wallet. If you would just give me your heart, everything else will be taken care of. All I want is you. If you would just fall in love with me to the point where it wouldn't even be an issue anymore. But God always approves of the person first than the gift. The right heart was always more important than the right gift. In fact, let me, let me put it to you this way. 
In the Bible, in the New Testament, we see demons when Jesus is walking on, on the earth. All of a sudden, they see Jesus in a bodily form. Now, in heaven, did Jesus have a bodily form before he came to earth? Did Jesus look like he did on earth the way he did in heaven before he came? Probably not. So when Jesus is born on earth, he has a physical body that he didn't have in heaven. Yet the demons see through the physical body and they know it's Jesus. The glory inside of them, they haven't seen that glory. They haven't seen God since they were up in heaven thousands of years ago before they got cast down from heaven. And now they're down here playing their games, filling people up with demons. And all of a sudden, this man comes walking from Galilee. And as he's walking, they see, they feel something that they hadn't felt in years. And when they turn around, they see this man. But inside this man, they know there's a glory of God that they had experienced once before. And what do these demonic spirits do the moment they run in to God? They look at him and they cry out, you are the Holy One of Israel. Demons are fallen angels. They were created to worship. And the moment they find themselves back in the presence of God, they revert back to what they were created to do. That's why when you come into church on Sundays, all of a sudden you feel the presence. You, you find yourself doing what you were created to do. Amen. But I want you to notice something. God is not hard up for worship. God's not an addict just looking for anyone to worship him. He accepts the person first, then their offering. And so when a demon who has no relationship with him is worshiping him, Jesus says, shut up. But I'm saying the right thing, shut up. But I'm worshiping you, be quiet. I don't need that kind of worship. I don't need worship from a heart that's not connected to me. Listen, if you're giving to a church, to a ministry, to this ministry, and your heart's not in it, keep it. God don't need it, nor does he accept it. If the usher has to put his foot on your forehead and to pull the envelope from you, you're not giving it in a pure heart. Keep it, because God's going to reject it anyhow. Why? Because he sees the heart first. Before he sees what's in the hand. See, the third thing I want you to notice as we come to a close, ushers, if you would help me. I mean, uh, worship team, if you would help me. God doesn't accept all gifts. God doesn't accept all gifts. Some, I, I lost some of you on that part. What? He doesn't accept all gifts. We see it right here with Cain. He rejected Cain's gift. Cain brought his gift. Why did God reject Cain's gift and accept Abel's? You see, when we read it, you were like, no, it sounds fine, Pastor. There's a problem. You take a look at the book of Genesis. Cain brought some of the fruit from his harvest. Some. He just went and whatever was there, he pulled it aside and he brought it. He brought what was left over. Have you ever gone over someone's house and they invited you to dinner 
And instead of serving you a new meal, you get there and they're like, hey, you know, we had some uh, pork chops last night and some, uh, you know, Chinese food a couple nights ago. You, you mind? You, you good with that? You invited me over. You invite me over, you better have something prepared. You know what I'm talking about? And when you, when you invite me over, don't be pulling out leftovers to serve me. Yet when we come into the house of God, when it's time to give unto God, we always give him what's left over. Dang, it's quiet in this place. God doesn't accept every gift. See, God noticed what every person gave. I want you to notice something. God notices what you're giving. You're sliding it in there. He knows what you make. And you're sliding it in there. See, I need, the Bible says that God is so concerned about that that Jesus stood there when they were giving an offering at the temple. And he placed himself right by the treasury box. And he's checking people out as they're giving. And some people thought they'd, they'd impress Jesus. Coming up with their Mercedes keys, then dropping in a thousand dollars and moving on. Next person with their Armani suit comes walking in and drops in a twenty thousand dollar check, points at Jesus as he's walking out. It's a guy that heals people. Maybe buyer healing later on. Someone else comes through and they drop their things in. And what's funny when I preached this the first service, someone walked up to me and they gave me a mite. It's the coin that they used back in the Jewish times. And Jesus sees this little frail woman walking up, a widow, no less, with two pennies, two mites, and she drops them in. She walks away. She's not really concerned about her surroundings. And as she's walking away, Jesus stops the crowd and says, This woman has put in more than all these people combined. See, Cain gave some. Abel gave from the firstborn. The best. The best of the best is what he gave. And I need to ask you something this morning. I'm not asking if you're a giver. I'm not even asking how much you give. My question is this. Is what you're giving the best that you can give to God? Is it your best? Because God expects and deserves our best. See, it, does, it always matters. God always expects to be first. In fact, even if you're a tither and you're giving your 10%, if you're giving your 10% after you pay your bills, it's not a tithe. It has to be the first. It has to be the first. God expects to be first. He doesn't want what's left over. It's an act of worship when you do it that way. Are you giving God your best? You see, lastly, as we close this morning, your giving reveals your heart. Your giving will reveal your heart. See, God was still more concerned with Cain than he was with what he gave. He goes to Cain and Cain lost his temper, went into a sulk. And the Bible says that, Jesus, or that God goes to Cain and tells Cain, Hey, if you do right, won't it be all right with you? If you just get it right. Cain gets mad, he gets upset, he goes into a sulk, and he starts throwing this attitude. Oh, you accepted his gift, but you didn't accept mine. 
Oh, be that way. You know what? I'm never going to church again. I'm never going to worship you. I'm never going to give to you again. In fact, forget it then. I'm out of here. And he's all ticked off. He's all upset. You know, some of you, you get all butthurt all the time. All offended all the time. Always offended about something. Always upset. Instead, and what, what the thing is, you're so upset about everything, but you never take time to find out how to get it right. And Cain never took time to ask God, okay, God, you didn't accept my gift. What do I need to do to make it right? But what do I need to do to make my gift acceptable to you? See, God doesn't lower his standard. He expected Cain to raise his. And many of us look at our situation and we say, well, pastor, I'm just barely getting by. Look at my finances and so forth. God doesn't lower his standard to match your living. He expects you to raise your standard to match his. Because you put him first, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added unto you. You put God first, God promises to place you first. And if we're going to have an awakening, we got to first have an awakening to the fact that it's all his to begin with. You know what's so great about that? If it's his to begin with, when I'm running short of it, it's not my concern. It's his. God gave him the opportunity to get it right. And instead of, ask, instead of asking how to be accepted, he got mad. This morning, church, let's get it right. Don't give out of obligation. Give out of heart. Get out of a, give as an act of worship unto God. And that every time you give, you recognize that I'm giving God my best. That every time you offer your sacrifice to God, am I giving God my best? Well, I can't give God my, my best, Pastor, because then I'll have to get rid of my HDTV. So I have HDTV, but I have to have HD cable as well. Because otherwise I have an analog signal coming through a digital television. It just doesn't work very good. And we start coming up with all these compromises and we make sure that we have the best, but are we giving God our best? The book of Matthew tells us that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. My question to you, CWC, is are you giving God your best right now? If you're a visitor, we're not here for your money. We're here to introduce you to Jesus draw you to a closer walk with God. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to ask you, are you giving God your best? Have you been giving God your best? Cain gets upset and goes into jealousy, anger, leads to bitterness, finds himself in self-pity, kills his brother, murders him because of jealousy, covers it up, and then he ends up with the curse. With that said, I want to, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to just say this to everyone here that has ever given to Christian Worship Center. Thank you. 
Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your giving. I know it's been hard. I thank you for the fact that you have been faithful to God. For those of you that have ever given to a homeless person or have donated items to help the homeless or those in need, I say thank you. Thank you for not just thinking of yourself but helping people in need. For those of you that support a child in Africa or South America or in another third world country that you send money to support them and to make sure they're taken care of to you, I tell you, thank you. Because you're showing the love of God and the generosity of God. If you've ever given of your time, your talent, your energy to this ministry, to any church, once again, I say thank you. Because everything you've given has been an act of generosity. And when you're generous, you show the heart of God. You show the heart of God. With heads bowed and eyes closed, you're here right now. And you just first simply recognize that you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've drifted from him. You want to get things right, right where you are. Right where you are, I'm going to count to three and ask you that if you don't know Christ, you just lift your hand in the air and I want to lead you to Christ right now. Ready? One. Search your heart right now. Why run from God? All he's going to do is love you when he catches you. Two. No matter what you face to this point, God cares for you. He loves not what you have. He's after your heart right now. And as I say this final number, if that's you, front to the back, left to right, you don't know Christ and you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, just lift your hand right where you are. Ready? One, two, three. All over this place right now. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you in the back, sir. God bless you. God bless you, Miha. Anyone else? Praise the Lord. Secondly, you're here and you just say, Pastor, I just haven't been giving God my best. I've been giving, just not my best. I've just been trying to satisfy the responsibility and I haven't given Him my best. If that's you right where you are, would you lift your hands and say, Pastor, I want to get this right. God bless you. I want to put God first. God bless you. 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 Hands going up all over. Thank you for your honesty. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. There in the back as well. God bless you. God bless you. You can put your hands down. Lastly, you're here and you'd say, Pastor, I have been giving my best. I've been giving to God. But maybe not always with the right heart. Sometimes as I've given, I've been struggling saying, man, I really could use that. But as you give, you're... You just want to make sure that your heart matches the gift and that God receives you before he receives the gift. If that's you, just lift your hand as well. I want to pray with you. God bless 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 you. Lord, even now, we just pray over every hand that's been lifted up in this place, grateful that, Lord, you love us. And you're not so much concerned as what is in our hand as much as what's in our heart. Lord, you always accept the person before you accept the gift. And I ask now, my God, as rough as it is to talk about money sometimes, that money reveals our heart. Money reveals a heart attitude. 
And that, Lord, that as a body, we want to get this right before you. We want to make sure that our, our hearts are right before you. Regardless of the tithing issue or not, we want to make sure that we are giving you our best. And our best for some might be more than 10%. For others, it might not reach that mark. But, Lord, if we're willing to give a waitress or a waiter 15%, how much more should we give you? For when we give a waiter or a waitress a tip, we give it in recognition of good service and appreciation. That, Lord, that we would give unto you in recognition. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name right now. So for those that lifted your hand to accept Christ, I'm going to ask you just to repeat this prayer with me. Those here, would you pray with them as well and just say, Heavenly Father, I receive you now. And the free gift, the gift of love, that you purchased for me through your one and only son. I thank you for the love expressed through your son. I believe he died on the cross. I believe he rose again. And I receive the gift of life and the gift of love. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give God praise this morning. As I mentioned to you, as the ushers prepare themselves, yesterday we celebrated my dad's 80th birthday. When he had an opportunity to speak, he got up in front of everyone sitting on his walker and he began to talk about giving. I'm such a proponent of giving, not because I'm a pastor, but because I've seen the benefits of what giving brings. God is not a slot machine. You don't put $10 in hoping $100 comes out. It's not the way it works. If it did, that, that, that wouldn't be faith. God works through faith in the area of giving. This morning, we always say our, our declaration with, you know, as, as we, we make our declaration, you know, I, I, uh, what, how does it start, Pastor Matt? This is my tithe. With it, I give God my best. I activate my God covenant with my first fruits. I expect checks in the mail, refunds and rebates, promotions at work, healing in my body, bonuses and blessings. Blessings cometh unto me now. We always say it with expectations to receive. But this morning, as we give, we're not going to give in any expectation. That doesn't mean that God's not going to bless you. I'm just saying this morning, would you just give your best? As you get ready to worship God with your giving, give God your best. That when you're giving your check, your t- whatever it is, just give your best this morning. And if you've never given before, I challenge you to take a step of faith and give. If you were to go right now, after church, some of you are going to go to Hometown Buffet and you're going to go to Sizzler. When you get to Hometown Buffet and Sizzler, you know what's going to happen? They're going to take your money before you sit down. Because they don't trust you to eat and then pay. Imagine if we as a church stood in the back and collected your tithe before we allowed you to come into church. 
Look at everyone's sound. Listen to that sound. Yet you come here every Sunday and eat and are fed with the worship team, with the word, and with comfortable surroundings. And it doesn't happen for free. And God's established something called the offering to help meet those needs. If you're part of this church, if you're a visitor, don't want your money. Put your checkbook away. Put your cash away. But if you're a family member of CWC, it's time we get this junk right. It's time we get our house in order. And I talked to you about getting our house in order, getting our groove back in our love for God. Now I'm talking about getting our groove back in the area of giving. Let's get it right. Let's, before we have the awakening, let's wake up our checkbooks. Let's wake up our, our giving. And let's do that right now as we give. So as you give, would you stand with me this morning? The worship team's going to sing. And as they sing, we're going to give. Then we're going to have the ushers bring the offering baskets back to the front. Okay? So... Father, as we give, we give in recognition it all belongs to you. But Lord, right now as we give, we're giving, my God, in recognition that we want to give you our best. As an act of worship, we want to give you our best right now. Not holding back. We want to give you our best and then see you work in our lives. In Jesus' name, everyone says... Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsj.org.